Faith, Hope and Love, episode 256, the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. The first reading from Isaiah is really fascinating. It speaks about God appointing King Cyrus as his shepherd, his anointed one. King Cyrus might not mean much to us thousands of years after he lived and reigned, but it was extraordinary in his day. King Cyrus was the founding ruler of the great Persian Empire, and he was not Jewish, but he was extremely supportive of the Jewish people and issued an edict that allowed the Jewish population to return to the promised land from Babylon, and he also allowed them to rebuild the temple and gave them back their treasures. The book of Isaiah honours him as a dignified and righteous king. He's the only Gentile to be designated as an anointed one of God. The word anointed one means Messiah or a Christ, which is a divinely appointed king. Even those who are not religious or don't profess a religious faith, or who have, like King Cyrus, a faith different from ourselves, may still be enormously instrumental in promoting the values of God's kingdom. And as such, they may very well be acting as God's servants, friends, and instruments of God's will, even if they would not themselves describe it as such. The Pharisees and Herodians in the Gospel today are usually fierce opponents, but they've come together in an uneasy alliance, motivated by a common hatred of Christ. They're trying to trap Jesus. They attempt a hypocritical ploy where they ask about our Lord's loyalty to the Roman Emperor by asking whether he recommends payment of Roman taxes. They are truly hypocrites. The Pharisees portrayed themselves as fiercely nationalistic. They hated the Herodians because they supported King Herod, who had sold out as a puppet of the Roman Emperor. And here they are asking after Jesus' loyalty to the Romans, as if they care. The only ones touching the coin with Caesar's head on it are the Pharisees and the Herodians. They ought to have seen the coin as unclean and repellent. Jesus likely kept his hands right off these coins. Did they really care about government and religious relations? Very likely not. They were just trying to set Jesus up because they hated him and what he represented in a seemingly no-win situation. However, our Lord, in an extraordinary move, answers, as always, very wisely and affirms that there is a duty to observe civil laws and procedures, but that we also owe ultimate allegiance to God, who created all things. There's not a clear-cut religion versus government line here. It requires discernment. It's possible that supporting civil projects can give glory to God. It's also possible that serving God can be at the service of civic needs. Our Lord is not trying to build an impenetrable them and us mentality, unlike his opponents. We live in the world even if we're not of the world. The true test of all of this is how self-serving do my actions really end up being? Or as St. Paul says in the second reading, put your faith into action, not merely words, but as power, as the Holy Spirit and as utter conviction. Jesus was utterly convicted, utterly sure that he owed absolutely everything to his Father, and he gave absolutely everything to his Father. He did not make excuses. Instead, 
he emptied himself entirely in service and love. This humbles us and makes us truly grateful. May we be strengthened to follow Christ's example in our daily life and actions. This is Faith, Hope and Love. For you will surely heed me, O God. Turn your ear to me, hear my words. Guard me as the apple of your eye. In the shadow of your wings protect me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Hello everyone, and may God's spirit of wisdom and understanding abide in you. We've come together on this 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and so, brothers and sisters, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, let us call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, you came to reconcile us to the Father and to one another. Lord, have mercy. You healed the wounds of our sin and division. Christ, have mercy. You intercede for us with the Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the
let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that all may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The Word of the Lord Give the Lord glory and honour. O sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell among the nations his glory and his wonders among all the peoples. The Lord is great and worthy of praise to be feared above all gods. The gods of the heathens are naught. It was the Lord who made the heavens. Give the Lord you families of peoples. Give the Lord glory and power. Give the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in his temple. O earth, tremble before him. Proclaim to the nations, God is king. He will judge the peoples in fairness. Give the Lord glory and honour. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. From Paul, Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Shine on the world like bright stars, you are offering it the Word of Life. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. The Gospel of the Lord. In the paper the other day, somebody wrote about the current economic crash as a crisis of faith. We'd believed in the money market, they said, as our religion. And they suggested if we had kept faith in the banks and financial institutions, then we could weather the storm ahead. Now, for many people who are experiencing great financial difficulty now and predicting worse in the future, they are desperate to cling to any life raft, to hear any supportive news from someone who might present a confident response to a demanding situation. Now, for a long time, while things have been travelling relatively smoothly, we just thought that money would make money, and money would buy happiness. Not realising that sooner or later, the credit crunch would come, and the holes in the risky fast buck investments would be exposed, so that what first seemed to be a mild illness from China would turn into something that would forever change the lives of most people of this generation, and perhaps the next few to come. So now we've lost that faith. People fear to spend, and the banks fear to lend. So it would be very easy for Christians to say, See, we told you so. You worship money, not God. And this is where it got you. But that's not much help to people who are hit hardest, such as families on small incomes and those who've lost their employment. Just as the religion of the market has failed, so we have a different vision of money and the economy to offer. 
Or is Christianity not concerned with such things? It rather seems from what Jesus said that it's not. Give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Now this has often been cited by Christians who want church and politics to stay apart, and with some good reason. After all, we've seen plenty of totalitarian governments that have had a Christian veneer, and even in democratic politics, if a Christian party acts corruptly just once, it wrecks and ruins the reputation not just of the party, but of the Christian faith. And this is what Jesus is getting at. The Pharisees in today's Gospel are trying desperately to get rid of him. Now, if he says you can pay taxes to Caesar, then he's on the side of the hated Romans, whom they hoped the longed-for Messiah would free them from, so that they could stir up the people against him. But if he says not to pay Caesar, then he's guilty of treason, and they can hand him straight over to the Romans. Now, Jesus saw straight through this, and his answer was not just clever, it had a very basic message that we often forget. God is in control, not human beings. We don't need to try to manipulate God or others. If we're faithful to God and work within our situation, then God will do the rest. So just grin and bear it then? But if our situation is bad, if people around us are living with injustice and oppression, Shouldn't we do something about it? Let's look at what happened to the exiled people of Israel under Cyrus. Now this man, whom Isaiah calls God's anointed, yes, Messiah, was a Persian ruler who had conquered the Babylonians, the people who had taken the Israelites into captivity. But wanting to be seen as tolerant and benign, he allows the Jewish people to return home. Now even though Cyrus does not know the God of Israel, God called him by his name. Our God is a God of surprises. So just as the people and things we expect to help may disappoint, sometimes God acts through the most unlikely channels. As the psalm says, people unknown to me serve me. And this is because he is the Lord unrivaled. So by all means, let's ask God for what we want, but let's be open to his way, his initiative, which may well be a prompt to action in our own life. St. Paul was an amazingly active and energetic apostle, yet always in response to the guidance he received in prayer. A world away from seizing illusory happiness from a fast car or dream holiday and pay nothing till Christmas in these tougher times, we need to rely on God's providence even more than we have in the past. This is not a grim fact, though the bursting of the bubble is never pleasant. Rather, it's an opportunity. If we can put our trust in God and listen to his voice, we can persevere in real hope, working especially to love our neighbour in need and knowing what we want to do is faith in action. Perhaps this is our opportunity to let go of the money religion so that money becomes what it should be, a useful and helpful tool, not our master. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Having listened in faith to the words of Scripture, we now pray to our loving God. For the followers of Christ, that our private lives and our business practices may always be consistent with the faith we profess. Lord, hear us. For all who work in government, that they may use our taxes to serve honestly the needs of the community, particularly those most in need. Lord, hear us. For those whose faith has grown cold, that they may come to persevere through hope. Lord, hear us. For ourselves, that we may proclaim the good news with true conviction and model our treatment of others on the standard God set in Christ Jesus. Lord, hear us. For all who are sick and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For the eternal repose of our departed brothers and sisters, that as they served faithfully in this life, they may now come to see the face of God in eternity. Lord, hear us. God ever faithful, you have commanded us to live the good news. We ask you to hear the prayers we make through Jesus Christ, who is Lord for ever and ever. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Grant us, Lord, we pray, a sincere respect for your gifts, that through the purifying action of your grace we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Sundays 4 of Ordinary Time The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state, and by his suffering cancelled out our sins. By his rising from the dead he has opened the way to eternal life, and by ascending to you, O Father, he has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so with a company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray, that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, 
with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him who hope in his merciful love to rescue their souls from death, to keep them alive in famine. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things 
and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we pray, that benefiting from participation in heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give in this present age and prepared for the gifts that are eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. My heartfelt thanks to you all for your participation in this time of reflection, prayer and praise. I hope you have a wonderful week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal 3rd Edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelt, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stefan Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2020. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today I arise.